This podcast is not a replacement to any formal lectures or clinical placement. Hello and namaste. I am Sogun, a fourth-year medical student. And I am Prozwal. We are in the fifth episode of our case series today. Today's episode is special and is dedicated to our listeners. Please stay with us till the end because I have a very important announcement to make today. Announcement, huh? At least tell me. Not now. You seem in the mood today. What's new? Yeah, just that today's case is very close to my heart. And since I have been researching about it a lot lately, I feel like it is me going through it all. Sounds very interesting, Sagun. Can we discuss case history then? Sure. Our patient is a five-month-old girl born out of full-term normal vaginal delivery. According to the mother, she was feeding well and gaining her usual weight. However, she cannot hold her neck and roll over until now. She also has difficulty in breathing and a history of recurrent pneumonia. Any other significant clinical finding? Tell me more about the case. On examination, she has generalized hypotonia and muscle weakness, more so in the lower limbs than upper limbs and more in the proximal than distal part. She cannot make movements against gravity and lies in frog leg posture. She can make conjugate eye movements and have normal facial expression. She is well alert, tongue fasciculations are present, and deep tendon reflexes are absent. Peripheral hypotonia. Mm, I see. An infant can be floppy for central and peripheral causes. Since the deep tendon reflexes are absent, it must be peripheral. It rules out central causes such as chromosomal disorders like Prader-Willi and Down syndrome and also brain injury, brain infection, drug exposure, or other metabolic disturbances. Uh-huh, you got it right. Go on, tell me more about family and antenatal history. No history of similar illness in the family, regular antenatal checkups were done, and pregnancy was uneventful. Normal fetal movements were perceived by the mother. Was any genetic testing done during the pregnancy? Since there was no any risk factor for the fetus, no. I see. Okay. What were the investigations done on this child? Electromyogram showed decreased electrical activity. Blood sample showed a normal creatine kinase level. So far, it points to spinal muscular atrophy type 1. The age of presentation is below 6 months with normal fetal movements during pregnancy. The patient is not able to attend motor milestones for her age like neck holding and rolling over, and tongue fasciculations are also present. What about gene testing for the SMN gene? Mm, it showed homozygous deletion of the SMN1 gene in the long arm of chromosome 5. Mm, that's conclusive evidence. She is suffering from spinal muscular atrophy type 1. Preswell, why not discuss about spinal muscular atrophy in general? Sure. Spinal muscular atrophy is a disease in which there is progressive denervation of muscles due to the death of anterior horn cells of the spinal cord. It happens due to a decreased number of survival motor neuron protein resulting in atrophy and progressive weakness of skeletal muscles. 
Generally speaking, it is the loss of connection between spinal cord and muscle. However, it spares upper motor neuron and cranial nerves 4, 5, and 6. And that's why the normal conjugate eye movements in our patient. Mm, what is the genetic basis? It is of autosomal recessive inheritance, where there is homozygous deletion of the SMN1 gene in the long arm of chromosome 5. SMN1 gene is responsible for producing all functional SMP and SMN protein is necessary for the survival of alpha motor neurons. What determines the severity of illness? There is another gene, SMN2, around that locus, which secretes 10 to 25% of functional SMN protein. And more the number of copies of the SMN2 gene, less the severity of illness. This happens due to the splicing of exon 7 in SMA2 mRNA. Why not talk about the classification of the disease then? I mean, there are five types, right? Type 0, 1, 2, 3, and 4, which is the most common. Yes. Type 0 is the most severe and is seen in utero. There is a marked decrease in fetal movement. Whereas in type 1, the most common, which is seen in around 60% of newborn with SMA, which is also called Wernick-Hoffman disease, the onset is from 0 to 6 months after birth and the infant present with shocking or swallowing difficulties. Tongue fasciculation and suspicions can never sit unsupported. Similarly, in type 2, infants can sit but not stand. In type 3, the child can stand and walk but not run or climb stairs. Finally, in the type 4 form of SMA, which is seen in the adult, where there are symptoms such as muscle weakness, twitching, or breathing problems with normal motor milestones achieved. It is the least severe form. As per the highest motor milestone they achieve, type 1 is also called non-sitters, type 2 sitters, and type 3 walkers. And what is the prognosis? Without treatment, most patients do not survive beyond two years. Since respiratory muscles are involved, patients commonly die of respiratory failure and pneumonia. Oh God, what about treatment? Specifically, there is a medication under the brand name of Jolzinsma, which could be used here. The first FDA-approved called Nusinersen, which is sold as Spinraza, can also be used. The newly FDA-approved drug is Avristi. Besides that, it is all supportive treatment. Tell me more about Jolzinsma. I have been hearing the name a lot lately. It is a genetic treatment where self-complementary adeno-associated virus type 9 is used as a vector to deliver SMN1 transgene intravenously. A single injection is enough for the lifelong survival of the patient. However, regular follow-up is required and periodic platelet count and river enzymes should be assessed. Children less than two years are eligible for it. Such a novel technique. What about the cost? A single injection costs 2.1 million US dollar or 25 crore Nepti's currency. Preswell, I have heard these figures around the internet a lot lately. Of course, Sagun. Our sweet little girl, Sayona, also has a type 1 SMA. And our brave parents are appealing for any help we can give to collect this amount. We must do something. Yes, Preswell. As 48th U.S. President Ronald Reagan said, we cannot help everyone, but everyone can help someone. And let that someone be Sayona for now. 
We must have collected some amount of Dakshina this Nasai. Let's spend it for a cause this time. Let us all help with any amount we can, no matter how big or small, and keep her in our prayers. God bless us all. So thoughtful of you, Sagun. I donated the amount I could. Did you? To help her, account name Sayona Shrestha, account number 2065-000-000-31524. In Bank of Kathmandu Limited, Parasi brand. Swift code B O K L N P K A or Iseva ID 9847206466 and also 9816457809. We understand that some of our listeners are not from Nepal. So if the above measures are not accessible, don't worry. Every possible door is open for those happy to help. HTTPS slash slash www.gofundme.com slash F slash treatment for science. This is an official site run by our parents and other near ones. The link for the site is also given below. Do contribute to saving our Sayona. Yes, please. Let's do this together. We can do this. And yes, keep learning. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.